Hi guys, welcome back to the Hidden Worlds of Women podcast. I'm Trisha. And I'm Alex. So this episode, we're going to be talking about the LGBTQ plus community for Pride Month. (laughs) And today, the day that we're filming is June 28th. And that's a really special day in the history of like Pride movement. Because in 1969, this was the first time that the police raided the Stonewall Inn. And so Stonewall Inn was a gay club in New York, and usually what would happen was um, the managers of the club would um, bribe the police officers to, like, tip them in advance so that they could, like, turn on the lights and, like, stop dancing so that, like, no one would really get arrested. But on this night, they weren't tipped off at all, and they just raided, and a lot of violence ensued. Um... And this sort of was, like, the first really big push for the Pride movement and, like, um, getting more civil rights. And the next year, that was the first Christopher Street Liberation March. And Christopher Street was, I think, the street that it was on and, like, a big part of, like, the march and, like, where the protests took place. That evolved into the Pride Parade that we know today, which I think was super awesome. And um, I think it should be a national holiday. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, okay, so we're going to talk also about the AIDS epidemic, which happened after the Christopher Street Liberation March and after like the start of the Pride Parades, um, because it caused a lot of discrimination in the LGBTQ community, uh, which we already know that there's discrimination because of certain religious beliefs in many countries, before this time but during the AIDS epidemic people were so scared because they didn't really know where AIDS had come from that they started discriminating a lot against gay men um, in the 1980s. So basically it led to gay men being scared to ask for help which made it worse and also the government wasn't doing enough to fund resources for gay people at that time so that even made it worse. And it was just really, really bad for the gay community and for the reputation of gay people because people just believed that they spread it like wildfire. They couldn't really figure out where it came from. Um, And there were thousands and thousands of people that died and there's still no cure to this day. Um, And it's also important to note that it affected gay black and Latino men more than gay white men, which this is just a public health crisis that we've been dealing with for a long, long time. Um, and Trisha's going to talk a little bit more about those intersectionalities later. But and we also wanted to start off with two milestones, which really show the progression of the gay rights movement and honestly how long it took. Um, so Trisha already said that on June 28th, 1969, was the start of the Stonewall riots and the gay rights movement that we know today. Um, But it took until 2015, under Obama's administration, when the Supreme Court legalized gay marriage in all 50 U.S. states. Um, And I just think that's an incredible amount of time. And it's just way too long. But LGBTQ people are still discriminated against, even though they are allowed to be married right now. Yeah, and flash forwarding to today, um, one thing that's like really prominent in the news right now is trump's transgender policy the npr put out a statement about like this policy and i just wanted to like read it out um they say 
It is one of the many rules and regulations put forward by the Trump administration that defines sex discrimination as only applying when someone faces discrimination for being female or male and does not protect people from discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. And so as you can see here, all of his policies that are related to um, the reversal of LGBTQ plus um, rights are basically solely for further marginalizing and discriminating against this community, which is so ridiculous. And so a big thing about this too, I want you guys to like really pay attention to the wording and the language that people who are like pushing back against rights for LGBTQ plus people, the, the ways that they use that. For example, in this case, when Trump is defining sex discrimination as only applying to female or male, he's purposely excluding people who don't identify as, like, just that. So, transgender people or, like, other groups in the LGBTQ plus community. And that allows other more conservative groups to use this to ignore and just not address the problems that they have and almost like keep control of like their power and um this was previously addressed in the obama administration because in 2015 that's like when supreme court legalized gay marriage like alex was talking about and he really put out sentiments that like everyone should be treated equally regardless of race regardless of sexual orientation and ethnicity um but in this new policy transgender people can be refused service um there's a lot more detail and nuance to this new action but if you want us to cover it more in depth we can definitely do that just drop it down in the comments um but yeah they can they can be refused service to very menial things like check up at the doctor's office which is crazy because we literally get those like every year um some other more serious examples are like transgender men being denied treatment for ovarian cancer or hysterectomy or like that not being covered by an insurer um another thing is that like it might cost more when the procedure is related to someone's gender transition so it just makes me so sad that like he would do something like this and he would use his power and his voice in order to suppress people and in order to leverage his own political gain and his own political beliefs rather than the basic human rights and well-being of other people. And it's just, it's it directly goes against a lot of bioethical groundworks and ethics within medicine where you're supposed to do no harm. And it's absolutely ridiculous that this is this is the situation we're living in and i know we've made a lot of like progressive like actions and like we've progressed as a society but i think this really shows how much more there is to fight for and how much more um equality people of the lgbtq plus community need because it's it's obvious that we're not there yet and i think it also goes to say that he passed it during in the middle of a global pandemic which just is impeccable to me and it shows the amount of disrespect that he has for the lgbtq community all right next we want to talk about lgbtqia plus um which refers to the general lgbtq community um because i'm sure that a lot of people don't know what it stands for maybe they've heard it in the news but they don't really know what all the different sexualities mean 
So we're going to cover a couple of them, given there are hundreds and hundreds. And it's very important to note that sexuality is a spectrum. So some people may not identify with only one sexuality. And there's also many umbrella terms and specificities to different sexualities. So keep a very open mind what someone's going through. So first off, we've got the L in LGBTQIA, which stands for lesbian. Um, And this is a sexual and romantic attraction towards a person of the same gender. Um, And it's primarily between women and women, which is when you'll hear it. And then we have gay, which is a sexual romantic attraction between people of the same gender, primarily between a male person and another male person. And then we've got bisexual, which stands for the B in LGBTQIA. Um, And it is sexual and romantic attraction towards both men and women. So someone who is bisexual may be interested in both genders. Um, And it's important to differentiate this between pansexual, which means attraction to all people regardless of their sexual orientation. Um, For example, someone may not identify with the two genders, male and female. They may identify with a different gender and someone who's pansexual may be attracted to that person as well, um, unlike a bisexual person. Okay, and then the T in LGBTQIA stands for transgender, and that means when a person's gender is different from the sex that they were assigned at birth. Now, it is very important to note that I said gender and sex because there are many, many different genders, um, And a lot of different religions actually acknowledge many, many, many different genders. Um, And then sex would be primarily female or male. And then the Q in LGBTQIA stands for queer, um, which was actually used as a slur before the gay liberation movement. Um, But the LGBTQ community is trying to take it back. Um, So right now, basically what it means is anyone who is not a heterosexual identifying person, um, which means someone who does not only like the opposite gender. Um, And then intersex, um, which is an extension of the LGBTQ community. It's some people will say LGBTQ, some people will say LGBTQIA+, um, so we wanted to cover the IA as well. So intersex is an umbrella term that is used to describe the wide range of genders that I covered on before um and then asexual which is the a is a broad spectrum of people that do not experience sexual attraction um and like i said it's a spectrum so some people may experience only romantic attraction some people may experience no attraction etc um and then going off of this the pride flag is a very important symbol of gay liberation and it was actually created in 1978 by a man Um, who was an artist called Gilbert Baker, um, and he made it to replace the pink triangle, which we have seen um, in Nazi concentration camps during the Holocaust, um, to label out people who were gay. Um, So they wanted to replace that with something that represented the whole LGBTQ plus community. So each color means something different. If you would really like to know what they mean, you can look it up. But yeah, they wanted to make it inclusive of all people. It is also important to note that there are different flags for different sexualities. For example, the bisexual flag is like a darkish blue, 
a purple and then like a dark pink. Um, for example, the transgender flag is white, pink, and light blue, I believe. Um, so if you're really interested, they're all very cool and it's very interesting to learn about the history between behind them. So please look it up if you'd like to know more. And then I also kind of covered on this before, but the importance of pronouns. So a person's pronouns is basically what they would like you to um, address them as. For example, I would I identify as a female and my pronouns are she, her. Um, so when you're talking about me, I would like you refer to me as um, like, oh, like she did this or she did that. Um, but there's also him, he for someone who identifies as a male or they, them for someone who identifies between genders or would like those pronouns instead of she her or him he yes um those are super super important and um sort of contribute to really respecting the individual's sexual orientation and preferences next i sort of wanted to talk about the intersectionalities i think alex mentioned earlier with aids and how that disproportionately impacted people of color within the lgbtq plus community and I just wanted to talk about something that isn't really talked about that much, which is sexual assault cases and how it's really dealt with in our country within this community. Definitely people, people, um, people of color and LGBTQ experience more cases than regular people, and they face higher rates of poverty and marginalization, which contribute to these very, very high numbers. When I was researching this, this just made me so sad and like I just couldn't believe that like I didn't know about this and that like not that many people were really addressing it for example I'm gonna gonna throw some statistics at you (laughs) so 44% of lesbians and 61% of bisexual women experience rape physical violence or stalking by an intimate partner compared to only 35% of straight women I mean I I just talked about women, but also men face the same thing where it's like higher than heterosexual men. But it's it's crazy to see that like over half of bisexual women experience this. And the fact that like not many people are talking about it and not many people are doing about anything about it is just again, it's just like it makes me so sad. And like and then again, with like people of color who are transgender, um, a 2015 U.S. transgender survey found that, like, American Indian, 65%, and, like, Middle Eastern, 58%, and Black people, which is uh, 53%, were most likely to have been sexually assaulted in their lifetime. And, again, like, um, I mentioned, like, sort of the rhetoric about, like, and, and the way that it's used to, like, discriminate and perpetuate these, like, almost prejudiced viewpoints about this community. So I found this article in 2015 that was talking about this code, this um, this criminal code in Alabama. And when I looked it up, I, I it, found it in like with the same exact like like title and, and like wording, but I'm not really sure if this was like amended. So if you guys know anything else about it, like if it's changed or like what exactly happened with that, it down in the comments we would really appreciate that um but it's it literally says a person commits the crime of rape in the first degree if he or she engages in sexual intercourse with a member of the opposite sex so they literally use that in order to like 
further marginalize and oppress people who have gone through this and not allow them to get the justice that they need. This contributes to like a fear and like a hesitancy to like speak up within the community because of this like ingrained prejudice, for example, like in the police department or in hospitals, shelters, rape centers, which it's literally so frustrating that the institutions who are meant to help people who are like going through this trauma basically will just like not help them. And it just like can't even believe like the psychological trauma of that. Um, so yeah, if you or like anyone you know is like going through something like this and like really want to reach out and like talk to someone, we have listed a whole bunch of organizations that are super good that um, you can reach out to in the and it'll be in the description below. And please note that we believe that everyone is human and everyone deserves to be treated equally. All of you are beautiful. All of you are amazing. Um, so please reach out if you need some help. Our DMs are always open on our Instagram if you'd like to talk about anything. We are allies. We love all people. And with that being said, this episode of our podcast is over. We hope you guys learned something. Our next episode will be about the corrupt ways of ICE. Um, especially during the coronavirus pandemic. So please stay tuned for that. It should be out in a couple of weeks. So please, please, please stay tuned. And my name is Alex, just in case you forgot. And I'm Trisha. And we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you so much. Bye.